The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience Elite Shotguns and is fueled by Fioki. Oh. Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. No more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! Christmas. Let's do it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. Dead and now, it's showtime. Welcome back, Mr. Large and in Charge. Yeah, this one uh, went a little longer than we it's, expected. It did. So, uh, for everybody, this is part two um, of part one and two with Derek Mine and Chad Robertson studio. Uh, make sure you're getting over to YouTube and checking out the video because we filmed all of this of them being in studio. But uh, let's proceed, shall we, Mr. Alley? I can't wait. Hey, Jason, let's do a real quick tourney talk. It's tourney talk. <laughs> Brought to you by Score Chaser. All right, the Caribbean Classic at Vero Beach, Fun in the Sun, is now open for registration. Shoot is February 5th through the 12th, 2024. Uh, they're going to have a purse, an HOA of 2500 runner-up 1500 and then they're going to pay back each class 300 200 100 uh, Of course, yours truly, uh, and Mr. Sean Alley, large and in charge, will be yes, there and present. Yes. Uh, new for this year, Rick Hemingway and Ben Wise, along with Kirk Perkins and Brian Palmer, will be setting targets. Nice. So that's going to be a fun one, man. It's it's up on Score Chaser. Go ahead and get registered for it. So the question is, with all the different disciplines you shoot, is there one win or one defining moment that you think kind of stands above everything else for you? The world championship. The world championship is the one. That, that, that is the hardest event with a shotgun you could ever win. Really? Because everybody that's there competing has earned the right to represent their country to be there. Mm -hmm. So they are there to do one thing. They are there to break targets and win that event. They're the elite of the elite. That, that it, is, it is like taking the guys that were always in the shoot-off for the PSCA, mm -hmm. but taking that group from every country. Wow. That's cool. You know, if it, you, could, you could equate it to taking the top, two or three from every state in the U.S., the best two or three shooters from every state, and that is the totality of the group that's competing, and they're trying to win the national championship. That's a good way to explain it. That that's, that's kind of mind-blowing when you think about that yeah. level of competition. So it, it's, it is literally the best of the best. Any one of them can win. Now, it might be harder to win an Olympic medal because there's, you know, there's 20 – Eight quotas that get given out, and then there's two for the home country or some, something like that. Like wow. one, like there's there's a total of thirty people that compete in that will compete in men's trap in Paris. Well, it's hard to make that. You know that might once you get there, that event it's still hard to win because you're yeah. competing against the best thirty shooters on the planet. But it's a fewer number of people to, to beat than the world championship. But the world championships, that is to me the hardest event to win with a shotgun on the planet. Wow. That is so cool. That puts it in perspective. Yeah, very <laughs> much so. Over your feet task, even. 
Oh, world, abs- the, absolutely. World title. When, when I won the World Feet Task, I I would have told you that was the hardest event that I to win that I'd ever shot outside of our national championship. I feel like our national championship is harder to win than the World Feet Task. Just because you have twice the number of competitors. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot more distractions at the national championship. Not saying the World Feet Task isn't, easy, isn't hard, is easy to win because it's really hard to win. Right. It's obvious. We've had, what, four Americans win it? Um, it it's, and we've got some pretty darn good shooters here in this country. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But it, it, the environment, the competition, none of it compares to the ISSF stuff. Hey, even going to a World Cup, which there's six of those every year. We've been going to four or five of them. Even the World Cups, to me, are as hard to win as our national championship. Yeah. So I mean, I haven't won a World Cup yet. Wow. I've only won one medal. I was going to ask. Cup. I was going to ask if that was on the on the bucket list. I, I finished fourth twice. Oh, wow. You know. So I I got and I, I've made several finals. So I, I've been close. But they are hard to win. But still, it, fourth out of that group. I mean, that's, right. that's it, a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, man. It, it, that's, it's, that's incredible. It's an incredible group of competitors that are butting heads every time we go out. Well, Chad, you're more on the lines of us mere mortals over here. Uh, uh, what, you've been. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I'm awake. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you've been shooting really well, and you're on a new path. So, yeah. do you mind? Don't you don't have to go down a rabbit hole, but do you yeah. mind kind of sharing what your your goals are? What are you looking to do? <clears throat> Either well, gonna- I can't be a world champion unless I go to the world. So, you know, I haven't really chased that yet because I don't make a commitment every year to go to that shoot. I go to the ones when it's here in the United States. So next year I'll it'll be on my list to try to compete well there. Mm-hmm. Not to win it. Um, maybe top ten would be a really cool. Why? Why? 20. Why do you feel like you can't experience? Okay, that 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 would be the only reason. Is is it's not that I don't have the skill level to win it. I just think because I would be so fired up because it is such a big. Because I've won world championships before. I got I'm five go- of them. I'm, I'm going to give you another yeah. coaching moment. Here, here we go. This is how it goes with us. So, okay. so now you Pick get to it. see. You guys could just sit back and go for it. The profits. Wh- whether speak, you hush. think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Absolutely. So if you go into the world championships thinking you can't win, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. Absolutely. So why not approach and practice like you want to win? That shoot? Yeah. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Well, but then why haven't... don't you have positive thoughts about it? Oh, well, it's because I don't put myself in an ability or, or the position to go. So if I know I'm not going, I'm not training for that. Derek just made me have a flashback of like yeah. kung fu movies. Yes, yes, but he's absolutely <laughs> yes. look, guys. He's oh, absolutely look. Popper, he's you know? he's absolutely correct because when I shut it off to knowing that I'm not going to, it's probably from my racing days. It's like, are you going to go to the worlds this year? Yeah. Well, I've been training for a year for that. I already know what I'm going to do. That's part of my bucket list. If I and it was since I got into this sport, when I stopped, didn't go there. I originally I wouldn't go to the worlds because I didn't think I had enough experience to compete at the worlds, and that was a bad mind thought, a m- mindset. I should have been going when I had the ability to go before, mm-hmm. just like I didn't go to Dubai, I didn't do some of these shoots when I should have. I had every opportunity to go, and I didn't. 
because I thought I didn't have enough. It was kind of a catch 22. It was like, I, I thought I didn't have enough experience or ability to compete at that level. So I didn't put myself there and that's the bad thing I should have, because now looking back, I would have had a hell of a lot more experience. Right. Yeah. So my goals have always been starting small is probably why I win as much as I do locally. Cause there's, there's specific reasons why I do that. And I have it all the time. And when I train, I, that's what I'm training for. Um, I still want to break into the, the, the level I was when I was on the PSCA tour in 17 and 18, you know, I got, you know, fourth at the nationals and third in 2019 five I, I was always there. I was mm. right on the knocking of the door. Um, so that mindset has to change for sure. You know, as cause I'm going to do these so, events as I get older. So you just said something that mm. I think a lot of people can take from, mm -hmm. and that is that experience factor. You talked about winning locally. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're going to win on a national level, you have to learn how to win somewhere else first. And like throughout my career, I won a lot locally. Then I started winning on the state level and then broke into the national level before I won Dubai. Like I, before I won Dubai, the only thing I'd really won on a national level was the fee task at the U S open. Um, but from that point on, I still felt like I needed more experience winning and learning how to win. And I actually feel like I got that from sub gauge. Like I shot a lot of sub gauge in 15 and 16 and I put, and I won a lot of the sub gauge stuff. And I feel like that gave me the experience of winning that when I started focusing on the main events and yeah. that kind of stuff, stepping away from the sub gauge, my mind was comfortable winning. So that's where it carried me through. And this is where you get the coaches like Derek, even myself, um, where, you know, I may have not have won some really big stuff in this game. I've won state titles and been nationally ranked and all that stuff. And all of yeah, that. but I don't think it's, it's not sports specific. Right. Right. I mean, we talked no, about this. In no, other that's what, I mean, it, it was, you, you gotta have the skill and the knowledge mechanically is one thing. Mm -hmm. And, are you fast? Yeah. Can you win? Yes. Can you win all the time? No, because you don't have enough winning experience. Right. And and, and, and this is where I'm at now, like yeah. talking to Derek and hanging out with Derek like I do. And he's, well, one, he's my friend, you know, he's family, you know, so, but is learning how to win. And a lot of coaches don't go there with that because they don't know how. Why? Anybody? They're still learning. Because they're still learning. They haven't won yet. Either. Yeah. Or yeah. they've never won. So that's, that's, that's tough. So to finish kind of what I was going is if, if you want to be a champion in this sport, you've got to start with small building blocks. You've got to start winning somewhere and learn how to win. And then you're, you're going to build up to mm -hmm. the big wins. Right. Like yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. It, it takes years of stair steps. Yeah. yeah. And, and you probably have to win for a longer period of time on the local level before you can get comfortable winning on the big yeah, I mean, I started stage. in 07 and I didn't win my first big shoot, which was uh, Arizona state till 13. And then, you know, 15 is when I made the PSCA tour and, you know, and it went from there. Um, and where I started really honing into where I won, you know, the double state in California, which that's what Zach had done, you know, in the past and some of the other guys out there. So yeah, learning to win, I think I've lost it. I told you guys that one time, I think last year in this, this, mm -hmm. this studio, I said, you know, 
I, you know, you go up that road once you don't realize you went up the road, yeah. you know, up the mountain and then you go, then you go up it again. You're like, Oh, I don't remember that rock being there. And it's a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the second and third times harder. And then the fourth time, you know, I'm a five time world champion in another sport. And man, that fifth time, sometimes that grass grows over. And that's what it feels like to me. Um, those, those things that I I'm experienced that experiencing right now that Derek has helped me with, cause he really got to me you know kind of uh, brought back some bmx days no just allowed me to 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 weed whack some of the weeds out of the way and i found the road i i think i'm i think i feel like i'm finding the road now and you know and i have i I had him to sit there and like yes you this is what i was talking about and we we did it Uh, we quantified it i i i know i keep going back to the word because we've talked about a little bit It, it i feel like he has helped me quantify what i was missing you know, and I don't know if that's maybe that's not the right word, um, but I'm telling you guys in the shooter world, it's it's there's a level to break through to get into that top where I'm right there. And it's not my age. It's not my eyes. I got all that stuff. I got the sponsors. I got the team. I got I got everything around me. And now it's just getting it done. And, you know, that's the struggle. That was what was so hard. You know, it's just well, even with Don, you know, you got you got somebody else helping you, too. But we're going to oh, yeah. we're going to dive into that in August. So oh, yeah, we won't, yeah. We won't Don's ahead. helped me immensely and, you know, pushed me one way to the other way and stuff like that. We're working on a path, but the, it, this wasn't even mechanical what Derek's talking to me about. This has nothing to do with mechanical and it had nothing really to do more with just l- understanding how to reconnect with a target correctly. Hey, and, we, I had to change his mindset. Yeah. And ultimately if, you want to be successful in this game, you have to have the right mindset. Yeah. And this wasn't being like Mr. Positive type of mindset, guys. This was literally changing my mindset of how I looked at what I was doing standing there while I was pulling the trigger. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, We've been on here for a minute. Um, We have some cool stuff here in common with Mr. Derek Mine. Chad is Elite Shotguns. Is now a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Nobody's perfect, Chad. All right. It's like five of these kids are doing the same thing. Chad's over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but um, talk about that just for a brief second, Derek. Being part of the elite team, I mean, what an honor, right? Yeah, you know they're they're amazing. Yeah, uh, they're they're an awesome group to work with. Murray, Aaron, Brian, um, they're they're all just incredible to work with and they're willing to go above and beyond to help you find what you need. And you're they're They want to become, you know, they, they want to be that one-stop shop where you can get everything yeah. you need to compete in the game of sporting clays yep. or in shooting in general. Right. And they have pretty much everything you need and they they will help you find the right piece for you. Like, yeah, they're, they're the biggest Kohler dealer. And that's what they love. Sure. But they also sell Zoli, Caesar Greeny, some Berettas, Brownings, Benelli's. Like they sell a little bit of everything. Right. And so you can find what you need with them. And their used inventory changes daily. Yeah. They, they've got a constant flow of stuff yeah. coming coming through their doors. And, you know, you check out, they just redid their website. They just got that launched. Um, it looks awesome. Yeah, it does. It, 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 really it, cool. You can actually function through it. <laughs> yeah. So that that's nice. A little easier to navigate. But, you know, you can see their inventory at every store they have. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and they've got locations all over the country. So there's one fairly close to you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if not, they're probably going to be at one of the shoots somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, a sponsor that we have in common, Mr. Roberts, Fioki. Yeah. You're even wearing a Fioki shirt. Look at you. Love me some Fioki. Rapping. Um, They've been great. I mean, I just love, I, uh, you know, I just love what they have done for me in the game. And, you know, it's what I started with. Uh, hopefully I'll finish my career with them. If not, you know, um, it's it just what it is. This, this game's always evolving, but I, I love them to death. And Are you still, are you still shooting the paper? No, they haven't been able to make any runs. Oh, that's they, right. They're not that's doing right. any runs on paper, so I'm back on the plastic hulls, little rhinos, um, eights mostly. I carry a case of seven and a half everywhere I go, just in case the wind or whatever. But no, um, I know one sponsor that all of us in this room have together, and it's the only sponsor that I know of that actually gets excited about you blowing up their product is White Flyer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a business model? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, the greatest business model ever. Let's make something that people can destroy and they'll want to buy more. I mean, how cool! I mean, seriously, right? Yeah. It's just, it blows yeah. my mind. It's, yeah, it's they, fantastic. They, they've been such a huge part of the shooting sports for yeah over a century. Like they, it's, they're an incredible company, you know, and without them, we'd struggle to have targets to shoot at. So absolutely. They're, they're awesome to have on. I want to, I want to, you know, I throw my own targets at my house. I want to try that new bio they came out with. I'm supposed to be getting some. I don't know if you, have you got any of those yet? I I have. Yeah. I'm supposed to be getting some to test. I know Ricky tested them in the the trap and they're supposed to be really, really good. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk some. I do know they fly really good out of my Promatics. (laughs) <laughs> gotcha <laughs> you know what i can't i can't lie derek maintains his machines and he it, you know we were throwing some stuff and i was yeah, pretty but, impressed and see this is where the old saying this is a perfect example nobody's perfect right because <laughs> if, if he would if he wanted to practice practice consistency He'd, he'd have an Atlas track. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I, I might get him to work on getting down to <laughs> SD. He's just smiling. He's just smiling. Um, <laughs> no, I, you know what? There's so many good people in this game. Um, there something is. I've learned immensely from myself is everybody gets on these kicks of, you know, oh, this is the best or that's the best. And I get it. You know, I, I'm not going to be like there's some pros out there that, you know, when they're, they'll go with a sponsor and um you know they're the best in the world they'll fight you on the facebook they'll tell you they do this they do that and then they get another sponsor and all of a sudden that old sponsor they had is not the best anymore and mm-hmm. well, it's best sometimes and- it's it's not just that the product is awesome it's the people behind it like bear pelt right right so look at eric and heather Roden. look yeah, how good so the people they for are for me you know as a shooter it's always whatever team you have i mean you look at derek's back of his shirt he has a great team behind him and those guys literally bend over backwards not only just for him but anybody they come in contact well, that's, with that's the cool thing with our our sport and industry is everybody that's involved is trying to promote the game yes yeah. like they are trying to make yeah. the game better some way somehow mm-hmm. and and i think that's the cool thing with our industry you know you you start looking at other industries competitors butt heads oh and they oh, don't yeah. necessarily move the industry forward right in our game you can't say that everybody in some way, somehow, is helping has the, the game same forward. goal in mind. Yeah, yep. make um, it bigger. Another sponsor we share, Chad Ari Ranger Randolph. Yeah, um, we just did a giveaway. Did you? Did you who, see who that? Who won it? Uh, a guy here locally. Okay, Mike, and then JD Par- uh, 
Yeah, start, starts with a P. I can't remember his name. I, I can't even pronounce But I they both guessed the exact number. Yeah. How many was there? Uh, 565. 565. Yeah. So my 776, I thought somebody put three no, cases I, plus one. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going off your 11 billion comment. Oh, the one billion, oh, yeah. the one million, or billion million? Yeah. Um, we did that out of his house. We filled up some buckets, you know. Um, man, I mean, especially in Bunker. I shot some, you know, papers out there. Um, just, it was, it, the, look, I... I don't care what we shoot. I mean, everybody's so good in this industry. I love my gun. I he, love. I think he's having withdrawals from yeah. smelling all my federal papers. Oh, I did oh, shoot some go. federals because I didn't have any ammo <laughs> yet. My stuff was being shipped. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, um, you know, don't think that Derek hasn't shot Fiocchi's before. Ask him what he wanted to buy with. Oh, snap. Oh, but we don't even know. Okay, well, we're, I, we're not even sure if they I were Fiocchi's. What, the, the, was, the base said Fiocchi, but everybody but had to shoot that shell. Yeah. It, you it couldn't was, bring you couldn't any shoot. ammo in. Yeah. They provided it they all. Provide a shell. Yeah. But I mean, that was when he didn't have a sponsor. You know, so, he didn't have the support that he has now. So it was like whatever they had. Right. They right. So, well, let's get back all on the same page. Mm -hmm. One sponsor that we all use is Rhino Chokes. You have your barrels perforated. They're getting my new barrels. I just got my new Super Scrolls receiver from Blazer after two years of waiting for that bad boy. And I got a new pair, a set of barrels. I sent them down to Rhino. Rhino and they got there on Friday. Yeah. Actually, they're getting done right and now. And Derek, you use Rhino porting, correct? Yeah, I use their porting, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Sean and I just, we're, we're all you're all up with You're them. the full front to back. Yes. Rhino, right? Yeah. You know, Scott's such a great guy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're great Absolutely. to work with. Um, and... and I'll I'll put their porting up against anybody's. Yeah, like, like it, it just there works. is a difference. Like mm -hmm. my new gun, I haven't got those barrels ported yet, and mm -hmm. I can feel it after you, fifty you targets. Shot, yeah, you were shooting it the other day, and you're like, "Ooh, that, that yeah. a little bit more than." Well, yeah. you know, I've had people tell me, "Well, my Browning's ported." It's like it's not the same. Yeah, thing. no, it, it's different. Very you, different. You've got to have the right style porting. Yes, um, and unfortunately, the Browning porting, I it it may help some. But it definitely creates a lot more noise than a lot of <laughs> yes. kind of like the Benelli ones too. Yeah. Um, do you think it ruins a, a barrel? Like the value of a barrel? Like when you see that, or you know, or do you care because it's a tool for you? I think from a collector standpoint, yes, it probably does. Okay. Because collectors on old stuff are gonna want it as it came from the factory. But for a competition gun that's designed and meant to be a competition gun. I don't think it hurts the value any. Yeah, I yeah. think for certain, like women and kids, that, you yeah. know, just uh, mitigating muzzle jump, recoil, anything that you can do that doesn't hinder the performance of how you shoot, I think is worth it, right? Yeah. Shells. Well, and I, I think Corey's video, the one where he's holding that over under one handed and, and lighting off both barrels and the thing barely moves, yeah. that yeah. is yeah. proof positive. Yeah, proof before and after. Um, Odo Pro Technologies, I know you don't. Do you use Odo Pro? What that, is Odo Pro? The sound gear. <laughs> <laughs> electronic no. ears electronic ears you don't no, use i use esp yeah, oh man <laughs> again nobody's perfect <laughs> no, no, nobody's kidding. perfect um and then of course uh vero beach clay shooting um i'm gonna put both of you on the spot either one of you gonna come down for our dead pair podcast tournament december 1st and 2nd it depends if i don't hear it depends i'm putting I, up, well, i no. will not 50 dollars yeah. back class i wish i could yeah i've got you know that Texas is doing something like that right now? They're doing a series that I was talking to Ben McAnally, and they got approval to do a series with that type of money back to all their shoes really? they're doing. Well, we're going to see how it goes. I, I, I think it's 25. Yeah, where, it's, where's it going to be? Vero. Vero? Yeah. 
Yeah, I I think Jen's got me on a on a on a little Short trip. Leash. No, just a trip that we're we have friends that we have to go up to Northern California with that okay. are coming in. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, I would love to if I can. I would love to go. Look, I'm coming out there next month. I know that's will, going to be so much I fun. Will, I am going to. Does she like vodka? No, she's a tequila freak. I'm going to bring some Cuervo out. I'm going to no, convince you her that them. you're Real coming. Don't, don't waste your time with Cuervo. <laughs> yeah, get get some. Good Mexican agave. Oh, yes, go. that's what she. That's what no. She I'm going to call Guy Fieri and get some of his Santos. Is what I'm going to get. You know what? His... That, you know what that is, right? Guy Fieri and um, Sammy Hagar. They they developed that's their buddies. They developed that tequila. I'm uh, going to bring some of that out. Yeah, I need to go to his place up in north. I need to get Derek to come out and do some clinics with me. I think that's might be something that we need to. Well, we'll see if California is yeah, ready for Jason um, Rambo. There, there's a lottery going for my time. I know. <laughs> and pretty much if I'm not competing somewhere, my family wins that. Yeah. Lottery. He was like, hey, what's that deal with the Texas thing? So I texted McAnally last night and he sent me the stuff. And I'm like, it's this date. And he's like, nope, I'm going to be gone. This date? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. he looks like I'm not shooting that series. Is your coaching that busy or just traveling or uh, both? Just or? competitions. Really? And when I'm not competing, I want to be at home with my family. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they, I, I don't spend enough time with them. And I, yeah. so my, my approach has changed to I'm going to compete when the competitions are there, but the rest of the time I'm going to be at home. Right. So even the coaching yeah, is not it, as much with it. If, if anybody's wanting lessons from me, um, I'd love to be able to travel around some and teach, but it just, it's not going to work with my life right now. Sure. Um, so I do have a few days available, um, that I can teach at home at Powder Creek. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got to see it. Like, look, my Jen's Troy, Jen's kid is he's 20. So he's, he's like, Oh, where are you going this week? Oh, you're going to be gone. You know, that kind of stuff. Jen's, Jen's giving me the little bit of the, the dirty eyeball of like, wow, this year has been a little bit much more. And I'm like, next year is going to be worse because both worlds are here. Right. So, mm -hmm. and plus I'm teaching when I travel now, cause I, I, right now I'm making that opportunity building a name uh, in certain areas so I can. Well, not only that, but stuff. it makes the travel a little bit more affordable. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Right. But I, I saw something the other day, you know, I hope this, you know, we can edit it out or whatever, but you know, I, I, Riley is just, she was very shy and, and, you know, it's stranger danger when I came out last time. And, um, you know, she's, she's just blossomed since she's, you know, gotten into school and she's, we we're just like little buddies and, and she, you know, she had a tough time with us leaving the other day with him. So, uh -huh. yeah. We well, it's, it. you know, we're only into May and my daughter's already, yeah. Where are you going? You know, and why, they hang why out are you leaving like again, you know? this, so. this, this, they're truly hang out. Like Derek hangs out with her and work and plays and not like, yeah, not like your typical put you in front of a TV with, you know, some form of apparatus and see you in two hours. You know, it's like they, right. they're out in the fields. They're doing stuff on the farm. They got ducks. <laughs> why do they have ducks? Cause Riley wanted them. You know? <laughs> they got chickens are getting goats, got cats all over and, you know, their dogs are just crazy. It's, it was, it, it's such a cool place. I mean, I felt at home and, you know, I'm, That's I, awesome. I'm not from Kansas it, and I felt it, it's going to be cool this summer. Riley's going to be traveling with me some. Nice. So, um, that, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's I cool. mean, well, you know, you look at guys like Anthony. You know, he travels with his family. I yep. said it's Corey. Sure. I mean, so it's important. I mean, families. Yeah, we were trying to get your family to come out. Are they going to come, you think? You think they'll buy a ticket and get out it's, there? Well, the daughter's going to be out of school. It really boils down to the wife's work schedule. Right. She's got a boss yeah, that's so we're trying get, to retire. And couldn't get you out there her. large in charge. But, nah, uh, sorry. We'll get, we'll get Jason out there and shoot our hey, state look, shooting. It's just like the regionals this week. You know, some people find it. Things important, hey, other people don't. I, I'm so, with it. I got know. this salt mine here to, to manage. Get salt <laughs> mines. Yeah, I saw your, your, your get the slave labor out All there. All the minions the, are out there season. chipping away. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Uh, the only two people we have not brought up yet is Score Chaser and Don Grant. And I don't think any of us sign up for a tournament without Score Chaser. Nope. Um, you're getting your mind right with, with Don Grant. Hey, Score Chaser, we want shoot offs for the money. Stop doing runbacks. <laughs> I think it's up to the club. I don't think it's up to score. Uh, at the big events. <laughs> yeah. You, if you're shooting off, if there's a thousand dollars up for grabs and they do a tiebreaker, I want to shoot off. I'd rather shoot off and either the person be there or not there. So there's yeah. another podcast yeah. topic. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Show up for shoot well, offs. Yet, yet another one. So, yep. so speaking of shoot offs, that's the one thing that I feel like sporting clays is lacking in. If you go to the World Skeet or the Grand American, what does everybody live for and they get excited for? The shoot-offs. Shoot offs, yeah. Well, we have an extreme lack of shoot-offs in sporting clays, and I think that's one of the other things we could add to the excitement around our game to help draw in yeah. outside. Well, I think the Super Squad proved that at the Nationals last year. Yeah, yeah. De- definitely. The Super Squad's awesome. I mean, imagine, um, though, if I w- – because I, I filmed the Super Squad. You guys saw right. that. And imagine if, you know, they were tied. At the after the last station, you're talking about that open, yep. And if they would have had the shoot off on the next station, or they do like golf, they go back on and you know, because they're the last squad out there, they go back two stations in, they start at hole 18, you know, and start at that mm-hmm. one. If they tie again, go back two stations and then shoot the last two stations, they tie again, go back to three stations, and we're already out on the course. The whole point of the super squad was to get spectators out there exactly and watch, that's you know? the whole so point. we're already there they're not as soon as that was over they're not going to unless they can figure out and hire a wedding planner where they can get uh, you know shoot offs to happen within 15 minutes of the shoot happening in the stadiums and stuff like that or like at the nationals run down the skeet fields the last four or five stations into the stadium any shoot-offs, it's already ready to go in the, sh- the stadium. That's what we did in PSCA, and it was phenomenal, the TV coverage and everything we did because we got interviewed as we were going in the stadium. Yeah. What do you have to shoot? What I, do you got to be? I think for for that to work, you would have to end our nationals a day early and bring back the top how many ever, 50, mm-hmm. squat them worst to first, and everybody starts on station one and ends in the shoot-off stadium. Um, just think of the excitement that that could create. Oh, wow. You know, you, you come incredible. back Sunday and you start at 10 o'clock in the morning. You're done by one or two at the latest. Yeah. And you've got all the awards to do Sunday. Everybody's out of there by four o'clock. Yeah. And they can travel home. And now, I mean, it's just like Chad told me the first time I went to the uh, Nationals two years ago. This will be the third year. Yeah. He's like, do not fly home on Sunday night. Like, don't do it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, first of all, if you shoot well enough to be in a shoot off, you're going to be shooting off Sunday night. He said, you always go back the next day. And, yep. you know, I, I don't think I booked my flight till Monday evening. One, one thing I remember is growing up is again, I won sub juniors in 99. There was a huge crowd in that stadium. Mm-hmm. I'd say a couple hundred people stuck around for the award ceremony. Really? Now, if there's 50, I'm shocked. Yeah. 
And, and it's family only. Really. Yeah, it, it's, really it's family and friends of the winner. Yeah. You know, it, it so it, it's, it's kind of disheartening to some extent that there's not a bigger crowd that sticks around. I understand people got to get home and get back to work, whatnot. And I think that's... That's why ending on Saturday would help create a better environment to right. celebrate the winners. I don't think it'd be that hard to do. Just back it up to Wednesday, start instead of Thursday. Dude, well, I think you could do if you're going to bring the top so many back on Sunday, you could do three or four two day rotations. Yeah, to shoot your 300 targets, and then end all the side events on Saturday as well. And then yeah. Sunday is just that group shooting, and then they're there for everybody to come out and watch, stick around, have some excitement. As soon as it's the last guy shoot, you're doing the awards within 10, 15 minutes. Keeps yeah. all the vendors open. They're yeah. not left. They're not left the building, you know, on Sunday afternoon. No, you know? So there's that's, there's that's a lot a of things. There's yeah. some really cool. Well, that's what happens when you're driving for 10 hours. You start like that's what I, I can't put it in words, guys. I've learned more from sitting in a hotel room with Derek or some other pro where we're sitting having a drink down at the bar or like in Derek. I mean, we went through what, four states yesterday? Three, four? <laughs> Started in Kansas, went through Missouri, went through Indiana to Ohio and Illinois. Yeah, yeah. four. So, yeah. you know, we got four more to go through, I think. But I mean, the the conversations that you you can bring up and and you know, we're, we're our own worst nightmare, maybe because it's trying to. Get well, and you've got him cornered where he can't get away. So. <laughs> no, he's and, you know, or he he don't, goes. You Derek, know, I go to the bathroom. We 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 stop get gas. He goes to the bathroom, comes out. I you know, I take off because I want to watch the truck. I go inside and I come out, and he's sitting in the passenger seat. It's like, yep, it's my turn to drive, I guess, and he's out. You know, so. Um, but no, it's it. If you guys can ever get the experience of going, this to me is like a summer tour. Back like in BMX days, we used to do a summer tour, and we'd leave. You know at the beginning of summer and come back at the end of summer. Um, this to me is like that with Derek, this opportunity. If, if anybody gets that opportunity to travel, you know, and do this kind of stuff, I mean, we're so blessed to be able to do this and yeah. still keep our jobs and do what we do. And, you know, I'm one step closer to being like him and changing my mindset so I can get one of these things, you know, yeah. down, get some of these finishes that I, I still, I, deserve. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, let's just ask Derek. My opinion's been Chad's knocking on the door. It's a matter of time. What do you think? I mean, you spent a week with him shooting. He, he's he been knocking on the door since I've known it. Yep. That's, yeah. But I mean, as far as like he, mentally, everything else, he's starting to bring it together. Yeah, he, he's, and, he's been building that experience. It, yeah. It took me several years of really dedicating to the game. Like when I was a kid, I, I was playing everything, baseball, basketball, um, played a little football. You know, I did a little bit of everything. Right. So it took me three or four years of dedicating my life to the game of sporting clays before I really started to win. That's awesome. Yes. I mean, that just shows you right there. That tells you, Jason, that anybody, this is why I keep telling you, anybody can compete. They just have to, they just have to have that. You're you're talking about me going to master and I don't even want to go there. Tell him about that. Is that a bad thing for him to go to masters? He keeps wanting to not do it. I don't want it. I don't want it. He's scared. I'm not. Uh, listen. Okay. Here. here. This is I understand. No, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't want to go there. We're going to go there. I I totally agree with you. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. Okay. I get that. I've always believed in that. For me to have the illusion of thinking that I can go up against you, Chad, Corey, Zach, Anthony is 
complete ludicrous. It's not, I can wish it, I can want it, I can think it, I can be delusional and believe it, and it's not going to happen. I mean, you guys have you guys have missed more targets than I'll ever see in the rest of my life, okay? I mean, it's just, look, I'm 50 years old, I got trash eyesight, both eyes, I'm, it's just not going to happen. Financially, it can't happen too, that's the other big thing. You know, yes, I have my own traps, uh, very blessed that we have some support from Fioki, Sean and I do, but... It's it, those oh, targets it's aren't free, yeah. yeah, and the tournaments aren't free. Yeah, so. no, it, and you know you have to you have to have personal goals, and you know sometimes the way our game is built right now, um, it's inevitable if you shoot a lot, you're eventually gonna you're punch gonna into master class. Yep, and, and so when you get there, you have to have your own personal goals, right. and that's what you're shooting against. Um, you know, some people, their goals are to beat everybody there. Some people, their personal goal is to, you know, maybe shoot their best score they've ever shot right. or their best placement they've ever had. Um, and like with best score, that doesn't necessarily mean the highest number. Right. No, I get that. Like I, I was down at Vero at, at the Caribbean Classic. I shot one of the best rounds of sporting clays I've ever shot in my life. Yeah. And I shot like a 90. Really? Yeah. I, I, again, I didn't finish the round. I missed a lot the last two stations. But the first 13 stations of that course, I shot better than I ever had in my life and had missed three targets. Wow. Yeah. Kind of puts it in perspective, honestly. So, you know, you, you've got to be honest with yourself about what a great round is. Mm -hmm. Like if, you could go out and shoot a 98 on a little corporate course, but then go out on your state championship course and shoot a 92. And that 92 is a way more impressive yes. score. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Well, the other thing too, Jason, is you've also said, you know, one of your goals is maybe be able to, you know, put yourself in a position to HOA as a double A. You yes. said that before, so, right? Uh, so if that doesn't matter whether it's double A or if you're C class or master. Yeah, it I doesn't mean, matter what class you're now understand that's at a local level. Yeah, that's and that's so, that might be where but, your goals are at. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody my proposed rule change I sent to an SCA. First of all, you need to raise the amount of punches required to move up in class as follows: B to A, move it up to 15, uh, A to double A 20, double A to master 25. It's not that much. In order to qualify for master's class at a regional shoot, a shooter ha must have an 88 percentage average or higher. So in other words, Let's say I bump into master. I make my punches here locally. I'm going to, well, here locally, I'm going to be in master class. If I go to a regional, I have to have an 88% higher average uh, or higher average in order to compete in master. In order to qualify for masters at the nationals, a shooter must have a 90% or higher average that was obtained from at least two regional shoots. That means if I'm going to go to the nationals and compete in master's class, I have to have gone to at least two regionals and had a 90% average. So average. have you looked at how many people finish with above a 90% average? Well, my average, that's the one flaw on my, and I wrote this here to, to them that the one flaw on my idea is the percentages need to be I, I haven't looked lately, but the last time I looked was five, <laughs> six, seven years ago. I think there were maybe 10 or 15 was all that finished with above a 90% average yeah, for the so, year. But my, I think my idea works if you just adjust the percentages. Yeah. Um, and then I got here, no, any shooter that has placed in the top 100 at nationals for the last three years would still compete in the master's class. 
This keeps people that didn't shoot last year from showing up in double A and just waxing everybody. Um, and I, I wrote here why it may not be the ultimate solution. It would keep shooters classed in more state, regional, and national level. So that was the point of my proposed rule change. Yes, the percentages to your credit need to be adjusted. Maybe yeah. it's only an 85% or something, yeah. you know, but what I'm getting at is they have talked about, and my point to this rule was Mike Hampton made a comment on this podcast. Um, was it January of last year? 22. Yes. yes. He said, you take Joe Smith out of Montana or something that competes locally at masters. They don't want him in anything but masters class because he wins everything there. He goes to the nationals and he finishes 350th or something. So what I'm getting at my, my proposed rule change is it keeps, keeps it classed fairly between state, regional and national level. So one of the things I've always thought is if we were to use a true average system, I know there's a lot of, a lot of taboo against that because courses are different. Sure. If you are traveling on a national level, your average will reflect that. That's what I was talking about, it, the if, average from if the If you shoot locally, right. your average will reflect that. And you're going to be classified based on where you shoot. Correct. That's so I, I think if you get to a true average classification, um, like I think I, I like the way they do it in the CPSA. It's a true average, but you can only down class once in a year. In a calendar year, you can only move back one class if your average falls enough for you to be down classed. Um, I think the biggest thing is our game in, here in the U S has been built around the excitement and the allure of becoming a master and you're going to fight taking that away from people. And mm -hmm. that's, that is what is ultimately holding our classification system back is people don't want to let go of that achievement of becoming yeah. a master class. Yeah. Cause over half the people in master class really shouldn't be there. Let's, right. Let's be and fair. so I, I think. I think there can to really fix things, you're going to have to build a system that allows for some eternal designation of, oh, you achieve master class, you'll forever have that achievement, but you're not no longer competing in that class. And I think you're gonna have to come up with some way to have a list of people that had achieved that at some point in time, but force them to take the the down class yeah. is the only way to correct the system that we have. Yep. Cause I mean, I, I was a master at all last year. I got bumped back to double A this year and I feel like I'm way more competitive in double A. Yeah. yeah. And, and most people, you, what you see is the guys that do take the down class, they take it because they like to be competitive in their class. And so they get down classed and they get that, that fire again. Mm -hmm. And so they're competitive in double A and they move right back to master. Yes. Yeah. And Essentially, the guys that are competing a lot, they're the ones that traveled all the big shoots. Most of them are easing their way towards master class. And that's why you see such a large percentage of every shoot in master class because people actively shooting are mm -hmm. the ones that achieve master yeah. class. Yep. And then they either filter off, taper off the amount they're shooting or they disappear from the game altogether. Yep. Chad, you're over here just smiling. Try not to say anything. I just go back to the old days in racing when we used to have novice, intermediate, and expert, and we had this exact same problem in racing as, as the nationals were getting really big, and, you know, it was the same thing, right? And 
two things that helped the help the sport bring back the sponsors is purses mm-hmm. that worked right number two is at the world championships they eliminated novice and intermediate so you were just an age group category or pro there was no in between so it eliminated some of the feel of the novices and the intermediates that are better left to stay at home and not go to the world championships and go against you know unless they're trying maybe they do you know maybe they want to do something you yeah. know and they want to try so, to see if so they can make. that that is one thing to look at you know you take the world feed task for example there's no classes in the world feed right. task they still get 12 1300 shooters mm-hmm. yeah they, so they have concurrence so, right there there are concurrence, concurrence yeah um so you know the this whole now granted that is a world championship so there's the allure of saying you shot in a world championship right um has some has helps inflate the the number of competitors yeah i think the nationals just as you know for me um you know because I, I knew i was gonna go masters and this is what i was gonna do so i i, I had no allure of staying below the classes what i found though is this feels like the nationals don't have that oh my god at the national championships anymore because it feels now more like it's just a big you know it's almost like a trade show right and yeah all the it, vendors and it stuff kind and, is. and, and that's something thing, right? the like i feel going to the larger back to class money mm-hmm. will help incentivize people taking that down class yeah yeah, because if they can start winning some real money, knowing that they can't compete in master class, right. so they'll take the down class until they get to a class that they can compete in. Yeah, it might lead to some sandbagging. Right, but they're someone that does that. They're only hurting themselves in the long run. Well, right. and it won't last that long. Either. Well, right. one, of, one of my favorite statements is is by that article that Tony wrote before he passed. He said, "You know, you go to a bass tournament, you walk up to anybody in the parking lot." They're not going to tell you, oh, I'm not going to win. I'm just here to fish with my buddies. No, everybody in that parking lot thinks they have a chance of yeah. winning. He said, but you go to any sporting con- sporting clay competition in the United States, and they'll all tell you the same. Most of them will tell you the same thing. Walk up to them in the parking lot. I'm just here to shoot with my buddies. I ain't. I don't have any chance of winning. Yeah. you know. And, and we need to change that mindset, or it's just going to end up being, because, you know, Anthony talked about, you know, if you look at the growth of the sport, it's, it's growing at a certain percentage, but then you have all these drop-offs. And a lot of that is people hit master's class and the allure of chasing punches is all gone. Yep. They're yep. not winning anything anymore. They feel like they're in the quote unquote donation class. Yeah. And it's a problem. A- absolutely. We got to fix it. So um, any last closing thoughts, Mr. Roberts? Derek is an American hero. What? Derek is an American hero. Did you hear that? <sighs> yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> You are so full of it, Chad. <laughs> I love you, man. No, I, I just, it, this is so cool. I mean, I love doing the podcast. I love doing it, everything with you guys, the the videos. I hope we do more of those. Um, you know, it's going to be cool to have you come to California Let's, and see what we do out west. Well, we'll work on that in Cali, but if yeah. we get a little bit of time this week, why don't we do right. that for uh, Northeast? Yeah. Maybe we will. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can run the camera and I'll run the mic. And Definitely. If we're going to do that, we need to get this interview again. Because, oh, absolutely. Um, are you going to Are you going to speed round him? I did the last time we had Derek on. Oh, okay. Has anything changed? Since Are you then? talking about the like rapid fire? Yeah, rapid fire. Let's Has just he... do it again. Okay. You want to do it again, Derek? I don't know if I did it the first time. I'm pretty sure you did. We'll do it again. All right. This is a redundant question for those of us sitting in studio. Um, gun. What kind of gun do you shoot? Kohler Max Light. Uh, 32-inch barrels, right? Yes. Ported by Rhino. Yes. Uh, your custom stock? Winning. Winning. Um, chokes? 
Pure Gold Champion Series. Okay. What's your go-to constriction? Improved Modified. Improved Modified. Um, ammo? Federal. Recipe? One ounce, 1290 for sporting, 24 gram, 1330s for uh, bunker. Okay. And seven and a halfs or eights or both? A lot of eights. Okay. Um, but some seven and a halves. Gotcha. Um, ear protection? ESPs. Eye protection? Pila. Vest? Castellani. Um, what, really, Chad? I mean, you know this is on video, right? Gee, <laughs> Christmas. He brings the fire. Just oh. start calling him Ric Flair. Right. <laughs> I, we do this We do this thing called What's in Your Bag. Um, we're looking for, like, the Lucky Rabbit's foot. Uh, to give you an example, the greatest one, uh, in my opinion, because I started doing it, was by Brad Kidd. He carries a rosin bag. And I started using that. Do you carry anything odd in your bag with you or anything that might be like, wow, that's kind of cool? I definitely don't carry pencils. <laughs> that is the best one. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. No pencils. No pencils. All right. So on that no, note. No, I, I don't have anything special that I carry, but I've got a system to make sure I have the same stuff every time. Very organized. I would not call it organized. <laughs> I would just make sure that make sure everything that I want to have in the bag is it's, in the it's bag. In the bag. Yeah, I was in his garage and like, do you ever organize this? Yeah, dude, I travel so much. It ends up just landing right in the middle of the floor, but it's exactly what I need, where I need it, when I need it. What's the right. what's the Prego spaghetti sauce thing? It's in there. Is it's, it, in yeah, it's in there. <laughs> How many um, do, you, do you shoot with, or do you bring well, backup guns? Normally, no. I, I've got the spare trigger and spare parts. Um, but nothing the, crazy. I, I've I've broken two ejectors on my collar, and, and that that's you know that's metal. You know you never mm. know what's going to happen. And how many millions of rounds did you run before you broke those? I I'd say I'm probably in the maybe pushing two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand rounds. Wow, through it like it, it. I I would be shocked if it's over two hundred, but it's probably right in there somewhere. This is a good question for you because you compete in so many disciplines. We had somebody write in and they asked that when we asked the shooters these questions, they want to know what the point of impact is because that seems to be different from shooter to shooter. Where do you like your gun set? So I I look at point of impact two different ways. Okay, I want my barrels if I am flat down the rib to shoot fifty fifty. Okay. If I'm truly beads perfectly in line, you don't see any rib. I want it to be 50-50. But I set my stock up where I've got a small gap in my beads. So it's shooting 60-40-70-30. Okay. For most people. I I look at it as that makes the gun shoot where I'm looking. Okay. Do you yeah. set your uh your students up that way? If they'll let me. Like I I watch my students shoot before I really ever mess with their gun. And most of the time, this, my students are comfortable with where their gun shoots, so I don't adjust it too much. But if they're having a constant issue, like you kept constantly missing under targets that were slightly going up, I would probably suggest to you to raise your comb. What about you, Chad? What's your point of impact? Um, you 60-40? Exactly what Derek just said, which is funny because we both um, – I patterned – just messing around. I patterned my gun because I've lost a little weight here and there, and it's exactly set up the same way as his is. Really? Yep. I've okay. shot his gun before, and his gun's a little lighter in the front than mine, but um, they 
I can shoot his gun very well. Um, because the look is the same. I have a little gap between the beads. If I really bury my head in, you know, if I'm really into it, I can see flat down it's 50, 50. And that's actually something that we worked on because I think I'm still seeing some stuff from residual from my old gun, um, where the gun shoots on a particular target that I told him I'm having a lot of issues with. Mm -hmm. and I just am not comfortable with it. And I've had to change where I'm seeing the target to the barrel. Um, because it's now not un over the under, it's not over the barrel. It's under the barrel because the way the gun shoots, um, that's just the way the blazers are, um, which was interesting. And then once I felt comfortable doing that, it made all the difference in the world. It really allowed the connection, but hmm. yeah, I mean, same, same as his, I think most pros are that way. Very, very similar. Yeah. Like <laughs> we might, we might explain it differently or perceive it differently, mm -hmm. but more or less, we're all shooting something fairly similar. How we achieve that is different. Some guys don't put as much pressure in their cheek. Some guys have their combs built up higher. But essentially, we're all somewhere in that neighborhood. Gotcha. Anything else, Sean? No, I think we've we've covered a lot here. We have. This is a big episode. Well, we somebody about. learned something on that because there was hey, there's a lot of nuggets. Let's see yes. how much you pay attention. What do we tell everybody every week? Put a gun in your hand. Give it to somebody else. Get them out to the range. Let them shoot. Let them enjoy okay. it. Put a gun and give it to somebody else. Yeah, you got to put it in your hand first before you give it to them. And then uh, let them enjoy the sport. Get them out there. Let them shoot a tournament. Get them doing what we do. And then have them come to Rad Chad Roberts to see me on my uh, you know, my website and all that good stuff. No, I don't have a website. Just kidding. <laughs> That's pretty and, good. You got and then uh, go yeah. call Derek and uh, get with him, too, because it's something special. So yeah. Absolutely. Well, Sean Alley, this has been awesome. This has been. Uh, this has been a real privilege. I've got one last tip for everybody. Yeah. Go for it, man. If you're not having fun, you will not be successful in this game. I love it. There it is. I think it's awesome. There yeah, it is. Very well said. And Derek doesn't look like he's having fun sometimes because he's so serious about it. But that's – trust me, I've, I've actually talked to him while he's in that mode. I'm like, are you okay over there? He's like, I'm having a blast. And I was like, you don't look like it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the eye. That's sometimes the eye. sometimes the hard work in the middle of a tournament that leads to a win is what makes it fun. Yeah. So. Ricky Bobby Inc., if you ain't first, you're last. Amen to that. There Ooh. it is. There it is. Ooh, we got a little Ricky Bobby Ricky drop Bobby. in here. Yeah, I like it. No, I, I, I get enjoyment out of competing. That's what I love. Yeah. That's, that's where my enjoyment comes. Um, just breaking a target anymore. It, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. hitting a target really hard, but I really enjoy competing, and I love winning. Especially when you hit them really fast on slow motion video. Oh, my God. We need to figure out – if you don't mind sharing that with me, we need to figure out a way to put that up in this video. Um, yeah, or put it on our dead pair of, for, uh, Facebook page or something. It's like, look what for, you, this guy can do. Yeah, for everybody listening, we're going to – this uh, this whole in-studio thing was filmed, and uh, – Derek showed a or shared a video with Sean and I that uh, Chad took of him shooting, and I think he busted that clay about two feet out of the trap. It was incredible. Yeah, three and a half. yeah. The good like one two. was about two, and it was literally as you could see the arm in slow motion going around to throw the target. He was already firing. You could see the shot in the air. It was that. That's fast. incredible. That's crazy. And there was no. It was just weird, and that target was being thrown what fifty yards. It was not slow. So are you are you going to incorporate that, this into your trust training now? <laughs> no, I, I I actually did it, but I still don't have the speed because of the trust, right? Like I shot it pretty quick, but it was over the top, you, right you, over the top. Of the well, so so what what, what, what people are not going to get from the one video that we have is I shot 
at least a box, if not two boxes of shells, trying to get it on film. Okay. Like the the best one I had that day, we didn't get on film. Yeah, and that's because my phone overheated because we were out. It was hot down where we were shooting. But so. I I shot a lot trying to get the timing down right to make this happen, and it's it's something that I only did because we were out there playing around. Wow. I we were done at that. Yeah, point. We'd we we done were all the training and you know. Yeah. It, okay. it was, hey, how fast it, can you hit that? And wham! I was like, oh my god, that's, that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> the, the machine was. It, it's a chromatic super sport. Has a trainer spring on it, and then we were probably 40, 40 yards to to the trap, and it was going up and curling to the left at about half of a trainer spring. Yeah, it was going about fifty yards, maybe. I mean, maybe uh, like a, it, maybe a little. Yeah, the yeah. target hit the ground at fifty five, sixty yards. Still, so wow. it wasn't that. It, it wasn't it, crazy slow, but it wasn't fast or it wasn't slow and it wasn't fast. but when you see the distance where you fired the shot from to where it, yeah it, it, it just to be able to connect that whole series of dots to make that happen that's pretty impressive yeah. it's amazing what a Kohler and federal combination can do that's right there it is <laughs> Just, plug, plug. just imagine if he was shooting Fiokis, it'd have been dusted while I was still sitting no, on the plate. I did it with Fiokis and it didn't go that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was because well, if you, if you shot crushers, you might have. Uh, might yeah. have been getting there a little hey, quicker. Speaking of which, Sean kind of tickled my fancy on that a little bit. You know, we shoot little rhinos. Uh, I ordered some um, white white rhinos. I want to use those for. I want to try this on like rabbits and rabu. Yeah, fine. Yeah, white rhinos are some great crushers. shells when you want to put some more pellets in there. The eights, there's like 640 pellets in an eight shot. Yeah. One in an just, eighth, just remember this. An ounce and an eighth, other than mentally, will not help you put the center of the pattern on the target. Right. Now, I totally get that. No, I, so I totally it, it, get that. Yes, it will fill in your pattern some. Um, there, for To break one target, yes, ounce and eighth, probably better. Yeah. For me personally... A one ounce load allows me to put the center of the pattern on the target better than any other load yeah, out it's there. That's the control yeah. of the gun, right? Um, yeah. Now I do like the paper crushers. Those yeah. those are pretty neat shells because they feel more like a little rhino with a little bit more speed. I don't like. Uh, you know, it's not that I. It's not that they're not good. I don't like plastic um, crushers because I can feel the recoil a little bit more. Yep. I like zero recoil, full control of the gun. But it is nice to put something hot in your gun every once in a while. Yeah, I ordered a few crushers it. just to play around. I, just shooting the bunkers. I mean, what, they're 1325? I mean, yeah, they didn't have any kick because they were, you know, 24 gram. But, boy, <laughs> man, they were just getting to the And 24 grams, 7 8 ounce? Yeah. It's a, actually a little less than 7 Is eights. it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it gets to the target like now. I mean, you're shooting fast targets, full spring, just wing, and you're just like amazing how fast it was. It was wow. Mm. Incredible. Anyway. What do you think, Sean? Well, is there anything else? I think. We oh, we can keep going. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I, I think we really probably ought to get on the road. We, we've solved the world's problems. <laughs> yeah, we well, Sean Alley, until next week. Can't wait to see you all back here on the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair. The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors. Bear Pelt, Rhino, Odo Pro, Dawn Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, and White Flyer Targets. <laughs> <laughs>